Chapter 14 of the Outdoor Girls at the Hostess House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at the Hostess House by Laura Lee Hope. The Rains Tighten. A week, sighed Betty. Oh, Molly, dear, a week's such a very little time. Goodness, it isn't even that now, Molly returned, dropping a stitch in the sweater she was making and not even noticing it, an almost unheard of procedure. That is, she added with a slight little flicker of hope, if you're sure you heard the major right, Betty, mightn't he have been speaking of something else? Well, I told you what he said, answered Betty, and trifle impatiently for she also had dropped a stitch and saw before her the weary process of ripping out two whole rows of her helmet and helmets were such mean things to make anyway when he spoke of a week she added ripping vindictively and then said that the boys would be glad the waiting was over it seems to me there's just about one conclusion we can come to oh all right but you needn't be so cross about it returned molly who being very cross herself could not make allowance for the malady in any one else have you seen any of the boys lately she asked after an interval of deep concentration we've been kept so busy here at the hostess house lately with these other boys that our boys might as well be dead and buried for all i've seen of them who's talking about being dead and buried demanded the third voice and they turned to see grace in the doorway with the inevitable candy box under her arm can't you choose a more cheerful subject she added coming in and seating herself luxuriously in a big chair there's enough of that being done anyway you talk as if getting dead and buried were some sort of new indoor sport interrupted molly glad to have this old familiar enemy to spar with goodness there's no more sport in anything returned grace disconsolately i don't see why any old swell-headed german grace exclaimed betty with twinkling eyes what language oh i could do lots better than that returned grace tranquilly if i weren't in polite society you flatter us murmured molly i know it grace retorted still calmly anyway i was remarking that i didn't see why any swell-headed old german was allowed to take the world by the ears and turn it upside down gee who's allowing him cried a masculine voice from the door and the girls turned with a chorus of greetings to welcome roy we were just saying we thought you were dead remarked molly somberly never lifting her eyes from the sweater as he seated himself beside her sorry to disappoint you he replied cheerfully as frank remarked unflatteringly this morning you are far from being a dead one go and reform was he speaking of me demanded molly belette in deadly quiet but were i raised a placating hand no no of course not he said hurriedly he was speaking of me poor worm that i am but i say he added looking around at the busily flying needles what's the idea of the knitting we've got more sweaters and things than we know what to do with now molly lifted her eyes long enough to give him a withering glance do you think you're the only ones we care about 
I hope so, he responded promptly and daringly. Do you think maybe we'd better leave, Betty? inquired Grace with delicately lifted eyebrows while Molly flushed scarlet. If you do, I'll never speak to you again, cried the latter in alarm, adding to change the subject. Where are the other boys, Roy? You usually travel in fours. Well, as long as you didn't say on all fours, it's all right, responded Roy in a weak attempt at a joke that focused three pairs of girlish eyes scornfully upon him. Roy, they chorused. All right, don't shoot, he pleaded. What was that you asked me, Molly? I asked you, returned Molly with deliberation, where the other boys were. I don't know, and what's more, I don't care, replied Roy independently, leaning back and crossing his long legs with a sigh of content. We've all been trying to get leave to come over and see you girls, and so far I'm the only one who's succeeded. The old boy, that is the colonel, he corrected himself gravely, saluting the imaginary officer, is drawing the reins pretty tight these days. Looks, he added, striving to keep the excitement out of his voice, pretty much like business. Like business, they repeated in chorus, and were about to follow it up with a shower of questions when there was a sound of more masculine voices in the hall, and the missing members of the quartet precipitated themselves upon the assembled company. Roy looked disgusted, the girls happy. So you thought you'd have the field all to yourself, did you? Alan demanded of the disconsolate Roy. Well, that's the time you counted your chickens too soon. Then turning to Betty, he caught her two hands in his and waltzed her exuberantly about the room. Betty, Betty, he cried, his voice keen, his eyes shining with excitement. We've got special permission to tell you because you're in the service. We're going, little girl. We're on our way to lick the tar out of those huns. Alan, Betty's face went suddenly white, and she sank down on the arm of the chair, regarding him with wide, dark eyes. The other three boys with Molly and Grace were gathered in the opposite corner of the room, chattering like magpies. It's, it's really come, she demanded unsteadily. Oh, Alan, when? Day after tomorrow, he replied, his own hands shaking a little as they closed over hers. Are you going to congratulate me, Betty? A, of course, she answered, smiling at him with the bravery that made him long to gather her in his arms and comfort her. She looked so little and plucky and utterly adorable. Then do it, he said whimsically, putting his hands behind him to keep them out of temptation. C Congratulations, she stammered. Then her lip trembled and she bit it to keep it steady. I know how much you've been wanting it, she continued, striving for a matter-of-fact tone. And so, of course, I'm glad for your sake. Only, only, he prompted, gripping his hands hard to make them behave. Only, she added her voice scarcely above a whisper and glancing up at him shyly. I can't very well help missing you, Alan. Just at first... Betty, he cried, his hands breaking away from their imprisonment and seeking hers fiercely. I'm trying so hard to do the right thing, be honorable and all that. Wait till I come back, you know. But I can't. It, it isn't human nature. You're too wonderful, too utterly. Helen, don't, she cried breathlessly. You forget we're not alone. 
I don't care. He was beginning heavily, but she wrenched her hands free and, eluding him, plunged into the excited group at the other end of the room. Hello, Betty, Molly cried, her voice high with excitement. I guess you were right after all. Only it's five whole days sooner than we expected. I I wish they'd stop the old war, sighed Amy. It would come in in time to share the wonderful news. I just can't bear the thought of it. Gee, that would be a nice note, broke in Will boyishly, after all these weeks of training to have the war stop just as we got ready to have a hand in it. We'll be lucky if we don't leave a couple of hands in it, said Roy, again trying to be witty and again finding himself the battery for a score of indignant glances. If you think that's funny, Grace was beginning when Betty, color high, heart still beating suffocatingly from that brief little battle with Alan and her own inclination interceded in his behalf. Oh, do leave him alone, she cried, patting Roy's scorned shoulder soothingly. I, for one, would forgive him for anything he said or did just now without even being asked. Roy gave her a grateful glance, and Alan whispered close in her ear, You can be kind to everyone but the one who loves you, Betty, is that it? His voice was so low that no one but Betty could hear, and Betty felt an added rush of color sting her cheeks and turned her eyes away to hide the confusion, the sudden fright in them. If they had been alone, no one knows what might have happened, but even as it was, Alan, watching the flaming color and the downcast eyes, felt his heart leap joyfully and was almost, almost satisfied. End of chapter 14 Read by Carol Sutton, Knox, Pennsylvania, April 10th, 2022